Hey guys, I'm Keith Finch. And I'm Jack. Jack is back this week as we have one Caleb missing. And Gunday Brunch this week is brought to you by the same people from last week. Enjoy the banner, guys. <laughs> but we have Jack back because we are missing a Caleb because of all the people to get Shot Show crud. It was the guy who didn't go to Shot Show. It, it's impressive, really. I it mean, really is. the dedication. The dedication to at least participating in that aspect of SHOT Show. If no other aspects, that one. Anyway, so Keith, guys. Nope, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> anyway, guys, we're going to be talking about what uh, what we wrapped up at SHOT Show. We're, when you guys are seeing this, SHOT Show will be a week out. will have been seven days from the end of SHOT Show 2022, and it was a different one. So Jack and I wanted to go over what I saw on the show floor versus what he was seeing on the uh, the tubes and the interwebs where he is grandmaster of all. These are my <laughs> wizard hands. So you went to SHOT Show. Um, you were out there. Uh, I was not. I stayed home. Um, what did you see that like jumped out at you? What was like the big thing that caught you off guard? Because I was caught off guard by what grabbed me. Uh, the biggest, it was, it was an interesting shot show. One of the, one of the things that keeps getting talked about uh, inside the industry is how mobile everything was. Like you could get around shot show, which is an impressive feat on its own. So the reduction of people on the floor to not a ridiculous level, like anybody who says shot show was empty. It was not empty. There were people everywhere. There were people in all the booths. Um, even the new Caesars Forum, once people figured out how to get there over the sketchy metal bridge, um, <laughs> once people figured out how to get there, there were people in and out of the booths, but it wasn't so packed that everybody in the booths felt, felt like they could only give two minutes before having to go, oh, hey, the next guy. So that was kind of nice. This was a very optics heavy shot show. And that's kind of the feeling that I got going into it is we would see a lot of progress in optics and not a lot of new guns, not a lot of new. And we saw some like FN dropped their revived high power that doesn't use high power parts, but still looks really cool. And I want one. Um, but it was a very optics heavy shot show. Um, we saw a lot more 10X LPBOs hit the market. We saw a lot of new red dot type stuff going forward. Um, and I don't know how that's going to look in 23 because I'm starting to get the feeling that optics are peaking kind of like 5.56 rifles and carbines have, have peaked because we're getting into some weird territory with 5.56. So what did you see on the outside? So on the outside, um, I think the one that's kind of like popped up on enough people's radar that we're really starting to dig into it is 30 super carry. Um, I'm not here to say like 30 super carries, the next big thing. It, it could flop, but I think a lot of people are like, well, that's kind of interesting. I'll take a look at it. Um, I don't know if releasing a new caliber in the middle of an ammo crunch is the best play, but, but. people looked at it. Um, and I think we've got some pretty interesting guns coming for it. Smith and Wesson with the shield plus variant. That's a 15 round 30 super carry, um, in a, basically a shield package. That's, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's one of those things that we've been trying to do with nine millimeter 
like you you have a Glock 48. The Shield magazine was trying to do that with the Glock 48, was make a smaller, slimmer, uh, skinnier 15-shot frame. 30 Super is going to make that a lot easier on the small frame guns because I bet we can do it with like the 365 because I carry the long grip 365. Oh, sure. I bet we can make that into a 14 or a 15 shot with a flush fit magazine too. And that's just going to make life easier in that, that specific category of pistol. So I bet we see the micros convert to 30 SC before we see more full-size guns. Mm-hmm. And Caleb and I were talking about it earlier. It'd also be fun to see in some of the PCCs because you could put 40 rounds yeah, where you I, could get 30. So I could see that a little bit, but not nearly as much as the micro carry guns. So, and, and then I will say, I definitely, I was caught off guard by how much I wanted an FN high power. Yeah, like, me too. When I, I've shot <laughs> high powers before, I didn't really like them. And then I looked at the the new FN and I'm like, well, that's, that's like the, the high power I want. I, I could use like a little longer beaver tail on it mm-hmm. and that would be it. But I think I want one of the, the I, I don't know if it's a nickel finish, but like the the stainless steel finish. I think, it was, they have. I think it was brushed stainless. I'd have to go um, talk to Eric. I ran into Eric. He was showing off those in the, uh, in the well, high power section birthday. of FN. What? Today is Eric's birthday. Oh yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Eric. Eric. Um, yeah, I want a brush stainless high power. I bet uh, you can I guess got. the one I want. Yeah, yeah. I knew I knew, <laughs> I knew where you were gonna go. Earth, but I Earth's, need that Earth's tactical dirt, God's <laughs> God's dirt color. <laughs> the good color of coffee in the morning. The good color of coffee. But um I went over, I handled those guns. They feel really good. So I, I get it. I get it from the purist standpoint that the the people who are like, you know, the old Browning high power parts don't fit in the new FN Browning high power um, and not liking. I can see the argument there, but I can also be like, hey, if a company is going to dust off an old pistol, go through it top to bottom and put it back together for 2022, um, the the one the one thing I'm looking forward to seeing them do is release variations with rail and optics ready capability. So I, that was one thing that I saw, and I was like, you know, they didn't do that, and it feels like that's Shot Show 2023 is like we heard you rail and optic cut variants. They were always there. They always yeah, like yeah, that. that that was clearly on the drawing board. You can't have the FN five hundred nine and the FNX like the original red dot gun, right? Um, that started the whole thing. The the was FNP- it the X that had the original no the, P, red dot? the FNP forty five. Yeah, I, I thought it was that yeah. one. Yeah, you know, the FNP forty five. Since I've become such a uh, red dot on handguns guy, all of my handguns except for my old nineteen eleven have red dots now i think i'm gonna have to buy one of those just to say like this this was this was the original one that came factory ready Mm -hmm. um i've thought about that one too i don't have any 45s it's not a caliber i often look to get into because stocking nine mils hard enough (laughs) with how much we shoot so then throwing a few cases of 45 into it just to have that gun but i still think i need that gun because it was the original of guns that are like fun to shoot suppressed, it's one of the ones up there that it I'm really like, oh is. yeah, this is like, this is a great, you know, quiet plinking gun. But I think if you, you know, to go back to the high power, if you want a traditional high power, you go to Springfield now. Yeah. 
like if you want something that's the high power with some polish with a little bit more of an update i think i think there were three variants of the high power originally like they were mm -hmm. mark three am i wrong in that i i want to say that i remember that, that that's that sounds correct um right it's it, one of it's one of those that like prior prior to this prior to 2022 with springfield launching theirs and um Obviously, a few of those popped in and had a, an issue here and there. We've we've seen some on the internet that didn't quite stand up. And then uh, mostly extractor issues is what I was seeing, is the Springfield had some extractor issues, which I'm sure they'll get a handle on, right. like they, they always do. Company Companies don't just sit there nowadays and be like, well, no, that's fine. <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll see where that goes, but I guess we're just going to see like where, where the market shakes out for it. Because yeah. I also think it's one of those ones where people are like, Oh, I really want one of those, but like, do you, do you, yeah. do you really want one or do you just kind of want one? I, I get where they're, I kind of get where their launch strategy was on it in the fact that you're putting it out and it looks, it looks so reminiscent of the original gun that it brings that factor to the forefront. But I think that worked against them a little bit when it turned out it, no, parts wise, parts speaking, it's not the original gun. So making it look like the original gun, giving it the, giving it the old name, uh, but then no backwards compatibility was like, it. I get where they were going from a visual standpoint, but I think it would have been the stronger play to bring it out like optics ready and, and uh, with the ability to take a light in the in the fact that then it would be a lot easier to justify all the other modernizations inside the pistol from a forward-facing standpoint i'm i'm sure the thing's going to run and i'm going to like shooting it because the triggers on them in the in the display models were absolutely fantastic hmm. um i think that was the one that definitely grabbed me i did see a lot of optics like you said um I did not see a lot of, I didn't see anything that I thought like that's innovative, brand new and useful. It, it, it was generally like you, you generally two out of you got three. to pick two. You yeah. Got to pick two. I saw um, some stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's definitely innovative. Mm -hmm. Not useful, but it's innovative. Yeah. The, what, what was that space rifle? Like that, who, who is importing that crazy gun? where the, the profile on this gun, guys, is like a foot wide because you've got a grip on one side, a grip on the other, yes, and they're um, both laterally off the rifle. I want to say that that was CAA. That's That sounds like something they'd be like, this is exactly what the American market needs. And they they it had a folding stock on it, so the length of pull was really weird. And the thing is huge. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, this is... Um, a PCC. I'm like, this thing is like gigantic for a PCC. I it only saw one video on it. So I don't, I don't think I have like, I've got to pull it up. I don't want to like say it was that company. And then, and then not, then, yeah. then not, then be, it so. not be. Um, um, the, guys, I swear, this thing looked like you would mount it in your chest and fire it like a piece of chest mounted, like artillery, like you see in some of the video games. Yeah. It's, it's, a CAA Agata rifle. Yeah, that was it. And it has like the forward grip on it 
has to have like a counterbalancing bipod mechanic otherwise it would like fall over so like this is the kickstand and i'm like i don't know what this is for i i'm not they said it was something to do with like the biomechanics but there's like, there's certainly a point in the industry where i'm like this is too weird for me yeah <laughs> like i i i can see like i know you're trying to be really smart with the whole human ergonomic interface thing but we have we have gone too far <laughs> um i i do want to say the the vhs from springfield came out a lot stronger than i thought it would yeah and the, i'm really impressed with like how many people were like yeah this is this is something i want i i have a friend who bought one um and he was like i i love my halo rifle I, I think I think that was one of the smarter moves that Springfield like Springfield played a really smart card with the with the VHS2 with bringing in the Hellion. They did a little modernization on it from the original Croatian rifle. Like they put M-Lock on it, they put a BCM grip on it uh, because they have a good relationship with BZ, BCM thanks to the Saint rifles. Um, so they modernized it a little bit and they brought it to market. And A, it's another bullpup on the market, which I like. Um, it's one of the more successful ones, kind of the quiet successes in Europe where they don't, they don't um, issue bullpups the way we Americans do in, in many instances. Um, but we all just have to look at the SA-80 and go, mm, sometimes it goes really badly. But I, that, was a, that was a smart move because that's a smart, simple rifle. Like there's a lot on that rifle to really, really like, and there are some improvements and things that you can do to the rifle or will be able to do in the future with a rifle just because of the design that are that I think is going to keep it very competitive in the market as one of those 5.56s that, A, we didn't have access to. So all the collectors that were like, I'd love a VHS too. That's a European gun. It's not an American gun. We can't get it. Well, now we can. And that the, I like that from that standpoint. And the, and the fact that it's full ambi out of the gate, it doesn't take hardly anything to switch it to left, left shoulder, right shoulder uh, primary firing. It's set up really nice so you can actually switch shoulders. It's the only bullpup I'm aware of that actually has length of pull adjustments on the stock. Um, there's, a lot, there's a lot to be said for the Hellion. Um, the, v, the VHS-2 was a good import option for them, and it made perfect sense because HS Product, the guys who make their XDs, um, does, does that rifle. It's their product. They already have a working relationship with them. So just getting the ATF to be like, yes, that's a sporting gun. Bring it in. Uh, cool. Well done. Excellently done there. Uh, did you happen to get a chance to see the uh, Taurus TX-22 competition? I did get eyes on that TX-22 competition, and that, that, honest to God, is probably Taurus's hottest pistol right now by, like, miles. Taurus has their regular catalog, and then they have the TX-22, and that competition one is nice. Um, I have a lot of friends who are shooting Steel Challenge more and more, and they're like, oh, you should, you know, come out and shoot Steel Challenge. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'll take a look into it. And just to, like, see a, a non-reciprocating dot handgun out of the box uh taurus i i know i'm not the only one saying this where's my nine mil version of this yes where is where is my <laughs> nine millimeter i know it's got to be in there somewhere 
it's got it's got to be in the bag of tricks bring it out guys make it run and make it run just as well and you will like you will start standing every hilarious taurus stereotype that previously previously yeah. existed right on its head and be like well yeah we did this i also saw something that caught me a little off guard and i didn't realize that i was seeing it um was it looks like high point is finally releasing the Yeet Cannon 9, the YC9. <laughs> um, and I was like, is, oh my God, there, there it is. They're doing it. And because for the longest time, I thought they just like let the meme die and they decided not to do it. I was, I was a little annoyed by that. Yeah, like, and, come on guys, at least, because they did the Yeet Cannon version one, which was just their regular nine mil with Yeet Cannon written on right. the side. Like we both, we have a mutual friend that's got one. And he's got it in a in case of emergency yes. break of glass sign. It's really funny. So the moment I see a YC nine in my shop, I, I I called him. I was like, "Hey, YC nine one goes to me." Because <laughs> uh, I I had said I was like, if they release it, I buy it. Yeah, I, I, I got flagged from one guy. He was like, "You're not going to do that." I'm like, "Yes." Yes, I am. This is I will I will absolutely support well do well doing on the internet. Right. A, a good old internet well done, that one is. <laughs> you, you, that is worth a purchase from me. Yes. Um, anything anything else out there that just like caught there's, you off guard? There's some cool stuff, not really off guard, but there's some cool stuff going on in bolt guns. Like Daniel Defense has theirs, which is a really sharp gun that they're doing on their own stuff. Arrow just dropped a chassis and a uh, bolt and barrel combo that's going to be coming later this year. That works on the Remington footprint, but it's their own action. Uh, so bolt bolt guns and chassis bolt guns are going to have a, a fairly good year. And if you're a DIY, like assemble it yourself type guy, uh, Aero Precisions is going to be a lot of fun for you to tinker around with. Uh, but my my favorite thing, I think, overall was the expansion in optics in the LPBO markets, as we're seeing like primary arms come out with a, another super lightweight one that I'd only previously seen from March, which guys, if you don't know what March optics are, uh, March Sporting Optics, they're a tiny little high-end optics company out of Japan that don't do any marketing whatsoever. So like you will never, never see them unless you already know what you're looking for. But they had a little one to eight that was super light and um, really, really fun to run on a gun because it wasn't very heavy. Um, so Primary Arms dropping their new Platinum line that's super, super lightweight. That that looks cool. And you get the ACSS reticle system. EOTech's new one to 10 Voodoo is very cool. I think they're going to be the first ones to start poking at Vortex and saying, hey, we can play in one to 10 seriously too, because the reticle design's really cool. They brought back the front focal plane like EOTech reticle at one power and then a much more usable one at high end. It's a much better reticle in the 10X than it was in the 6. Uh, illumination's a little bit better. I'd have to look at it side by side with the 6X just to tell you how much. That was my biggest problem with the Voodoo 1 to 6 that I had. Was it just, it was it's not, not bright. bright and, and it's not bright. This one felt brighter, but I was also looking at it in an indoor environment. I have to get it outside to take a look at it. But the reticle is very usable, even off. And um, 
turning it up, you get um, at least the one I looked at, you got a nice uh, Christmas tree hash that you could range on. Mm. But the coolest improvements, because the one to six just had regular clicking turrets on it. The coolest thing they did it with the one to 10 from the one to six, I think the optic itself is shorter too, but they capped mm. the side turret and they put a locking turret up top. So you can actually range the top turret um, if you need to do a, an adjustment there, and then you can click it back down and lock it so it won't rub on your gear and adjust. So they made several improvements on the Voodoo 1 to 10s that are coming uh, that are going to make it more competitive in the space. Because one of, one of the things that they fixed when they did the 1 to 8 was they capped the turrets so that they wouldn't freely spin, and that was something I liked. Now they took a hybrid approach on the 1 to 10. Um, so seeing those 1 to 10 optics come out especially in the high-end game is going to be cool to watch and see what they play with and uh how they're shaving shaving a few more ounces off the optics themselves the glass inside it was really good it was very clear um the etching on it was good the illumination method was good it didn't bleed out the whole reticle if you had it up bright just the center and then the big ring it was it was well done i was impressed with eotex uh 10x voodoo um, you know, I've been looking to do a one to 10. My, my hunting rifle has a one to six on it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe it's about time to get something a little, a little with a little more distance. I don't need a ton no. I'm down here in Georgia. Uh, but to hear that there's more stuff on the one to 10 market does make me happy. Um, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at with mine too. Like I've got a one to six on the rifle I use for hunting for the most part. And sometimes it's nice to get 10 because 10 allows you to like, is that really a deer or is it just a tree acting <laughs> like a deer? Again, acting very deer-like. <laughs> very, It's a very deer-like tree. Um, Having under thermal misidentified two deer as one gigantic pig. <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest pig I've ever seen. Well, that's because it's two things deer, enormous. sir. I think, that, I think that counts as a dire boar. What the hell? <laughs> Why does it have eight legs? <laughs> <laughs> um, on the soft goods side, uh, if there's a company that I'm like watching really closely, it's Spirit of Systems. Uh, Spirit of Systems for the longest time just basically had the micro flight and a couple of other things. And if you if you watch the soft goods side at all. They've recently brought on some guys who are talking about a little bit more sustainment gear and longer term stuff. A lot of knowledge drops coming from the Spiritist crowd. And they released a bunch of new stuff, including some like really interesting universal like mag pouches that have like an X cut all the way around them. So wherever the magazine ends up, it ends up like grabbing the corners of it and holding it really snugly. Um, so between that and some other stuff was really interesting. That's so. the type of stuff I like seeing out of soft goods because obviously the AR-15 and um, like the Glock and the SIG in pistol side, the AR-15 dominates the rifle side of the market and Glock and SIG dominate the pistols uh, market. But you still, for the most part, kind of have to buy to your kit specifically so if you then go and be like well i like running the ar-15 but i also like running the ak-74 545 which is far from unheard of like sometimes you have to go and either 
you, you make a compromise with a mag pouch and just kind of get what you get. So I like seeing innovative retention designs. I like seeing stuff like that because it just makes it that much easier to say, it doesn't matter the system I get, my gear's gonna work with it. And I don't mm -hmm. have to invest in a system per rifle I'm running, or I have to make sure that all my rifles run the same supporting type of magazine. So I'd be interested to take a look at those pouches and see how they work. Cause we've seen other designs we've seen like no, it, honestly the, the only universal before this is the taco yeah and that's the only one that really gets talked about a lot but i don't know if you've ever had to put tacos on anything but it yeah. isn't a tasking unto the gods yeah it is a it is a dedicated it is a dedicated event to try and put tacos on anything <laughs> lord lord only knows if you're like oh i need to size up like i i noticed that with using I had some that I was using for five, five, six mags. And I put three oh eight mags in them, and it was like, no, you need to, you need to mount these differently for three oh eight. These are going yep. wide. <laughs> um, they, uh, they do be thicker. Uh, so uh, other other places, soft goods side, I didn't see a lot. There are still people doing bags. There's still people doing plate carriers. Like I ran by first spear and stall the the strand hog and i ran a couple of other places and you know it's a lot of the 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 same old but like people are still paying attention and dropping uh changes that certain entities want to see there's a little more female centric in the industry which is increasingly nice to see because more and more women actually need that type of stuff they need armor mm -hmm. cut for them and stuff like that um that that's increasingly nice to see, but soft goods um, tend tend to be soft goods still, and the guys who were making good stuff before are continuing to do it. So it's one of those things that like check in in three months, check in 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 six months, and they might have something new and cool that uh, you haven't seen before, or you just need another bag. Go back to the place where you got the last bag or the last rifle case, and I guarantee you, you'll still get a quality product. So that was nice. There was a lot of sustainment at SHOT Show. That's another thing I wanted to say. There was a lot of sustainment at this SHOT Show. A lot of people checking in and just saying, hey, we're here. This is what's going on. You know, we're here to participate in the industry. But I get the feeling that we're going to see a much bigger product push at NRA than we're used to. It might not outdo SHOT Show, but it's going to be a lot closer to SHOT Show than it usually is. Because NRA in, in the past, NRA annual meeting has been used to be like, all right, here are the follow-ons, the couple of things that weren't ready when we, we were talking at SHOT Show. So now we're ready here. I think the, the, launch, the launches at the end of May are going to be much, much uh, thicker on the ground, shall we say, uh, especially firearms related. We're going to see more. Um. Trying to think, uh, on the tech side, I, I want to. I hope I'm saying this correctly. Did you see the Sionis's, uh digital night vision devices? I did not see those. The one piece of digital tech I did see was the Magpul Mass Tech uh, combination. Mm. Let's save and, that one because we, we're going to be able to talk about that one. For yeah, a while. that one. So that one's, that one's crazy. I get. I did a quick video on it uh, that you can see on the channel, guys. Uh, but there's a lot coming in that direction. We're going to be talking about that one a lot because that one's just stupid cool on so many other levels. 
but no, I did not see it. What did you see on the thermal? I, I think it's Sionis. Um, it is a digital light amplification camera, so not knots, uh, but it's like 2300 bucks, so a little under what a really good PVS 14 will give you. Colored night vision, IR, you know, sensitive, so you can see mm -hmm. your lasers and everything. It looks different than nods. Um, and it's you know rechargeable, it has a battery pack that's on the system, uh, helmet mountable and everything for like twenty three hundred dollars as a night vision alternative. Now I've seen some of these before that were like seven hundred dollars, and there was a a pretty significant delay from the moment something happened to the moment you see it on the screen because again, it's a camera. Now yeah. we're not talking seconds, we're talking partial seconds but, but still a perceptible it's like getting lag in a video game there was right. a lag uh from the thing happening to the image and you you saw that on like the early atn scopes that mm -hmm. have been out for a minute some of the early ones there that you could get for seven eight hundred dollars they did they they showed it they had good image quality but there was perceptible lag in the image update and they were very battery hungry so at twenty three hundred, about a thousand dollars under, well, twelve hundred dollars under, really, what good PVS fourteens cost you? Um, I think this might be a bridging of very low end nighttime devices and very high end nighttime devices, and we might finally be seeing a middle ground where more people are going to be getting that budget option for themselves. Um, what will it be good for? I don't know. Um, I only saw them online. I haven't put eyes to them or anything. And I still think nods are probably actual amplification tubes are better option. But if this can give you 70% of nods for two thirds the cost, that's not a bad option to take a look at. That's not a bad option, especially if um, it's got that high refresh rate. So you're getting as close to real time as digital is able to give you. And if, uh, if it's got a battery life, that's, that's, you know, reasonable, if you're getting a battery life, that's getting closer to what uh, a nod would run on a double a, then uh, you're going to see use out of devices like that. So that's, that's cool tech, because that's always something that I had always wished when I started seeing it come on the market. I'd always wished it was better is the, the digital vision enhancement, the digital visual uh, camera stuff that that companies were doing that was like in place of night vision, but like the system, the system would have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and all these functions that you really didn't need on it, where you could export images and, and everything like that. Right. It had a bunch of, you know, cool whiz bang features on it. But those felt like they were covering up for the fact that your battery life was like 60 minutes right. running this thing and that there were there were latency issues in the, the image refresh and the image update rate. So if you I'm, want me to I'm, consider it, I, I think it's eight hours. Yeah. Like I need eight hours of solid use time mm -hmm. um, without, you know, it falling off. And that means a bigger battery pack. Give me a bigger battery pack. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about a budget purchase here at, you know, 2,500. This is no, you know, you're, a solid... you're, at, 
you're in solid top tier rifle territory you're in solid top tier optic territory so people who are willing to spend that on another part of their gear are going to consider spending it on that if it's a quality piece of equipment Mm -hmm. so interested to see what happens with that more i think we have a little bit of time left let's just go ahead and talk about the maztec yeah let's talk (laughs) let's talk about the maztec so the Maztec itself, I went over there and I started looking at it because I'm like, all right, there's no way this can be as cool as they're pretending it is. There's no one who's been able to do this yet. Um, and guys, if you haven't seen the video yet or you didn't see the the Magpul drop, the Magpul drop was brilliant. Like the yes. little two-minute spot was its usual, like really cool. Um, if you haven't seen it, none of what we're going to talk about is going to make sense to you. So pause this and go and watch go that. See that so we don't have to go over it again yep. um <laughs> so I think, yeah go ahead so what what they're doing is they're bringing a lot of the real-time data that first person shooter games have have been giving you about your kit they're bringing that into the real world in a small team's small unit level. Now, like the DARPA folks and the super secret many letter agencies that work on, you know, the aliens uh, and their spacecraft down in Area 51 and all, all those things like that have been working on integrated up and down systems to make it so that the individual unit, the individual soldier, can talk all the way to like the master ground commander and back down more quickly. They've been working on that type of thing for decades going. And if if you want to go back that far, they've been doing it for centuries since they were like, Hey, we're going to task a dude to just run with a wire all to, to all these places so that there's a wired radio to all the unit commanders who can then shout orders at their guys closer because communication is communication on a battlefield is very hard. It's it's a difficult thing to do. And so the Maztec is the two the two out of the seven part system that they've launched so far is their um, is their ballistic calculator device, which is the scope mount, which is going to be able to go on just about any LPVO as long as it has uh, a straight. Uh, bell end for the for the objective lens and certain ones that have a uh, larger objective lens than the rest of the scope body will be able to work in it too but there's some limited spacing in the mount as it's designed right now they'll they'll have a full compatibility list when it's ready to go but what that thing is doing right now is not only talking to the smart magazine tech which we'll talk about in a minute but it's helping you adjust your point point of aim and get a first round hit uh, much quicker because it's calculating atmospherics for you. It's calculating your manual range input right now. You have to manually input the range right now. And there's just a dial on the side to do that. So if you're like, yeah, I bet that's 250, you click it to 250 and it will show you a corrected 250 yard or 250 meter point of aim. And it will correct for if you have the rifle cantage. So it'll, it'll do that. Wow. Now, I don't know. Now, it'll at least do it for the, the vertical offset. I don't know if they have the math in pro, uh, programmed at this point in time to do it in, in, in uh, like, if you have the rifle at a 45, obviously your barrel is also canted in a certain direction. Um, when I was talking with the Maztec guys, the, 
uh, they didn't know if that was programmed into the functionality or if it was just the vertical offset right now. But they're, they're doing a lot of trigonometry for you. And as I was very bad at trig in high school, I'm very happy about that. <laughs> so it gives you a very quick uh, corrected point of aim for a manual input range uh, at this point. And all you have to do is tell the site what you're shooting. 5.56, five, this muzzle velocity, boom. This optical offset. It's... um. It, when I first looked at it, I was like, this is crazy. This is science fiction. It really this is. is. This is the stuff that they told us they would do. It's like, wait a second. We do live in the future. Like, this is awesome. Um, and they're talking about like thermal imagers, range fighters, all this stuff to go into the system. And I noticed off in the video, there are these like goggles. Yes. And like, you know, in your head, you're like, you're hearing the doom music. And so I simultaneously hear two things. I hear doom music in my right ear, where it's like, I'm like, yes. And then in my in my left ear, I hear an old guy going like, but the batteries. It's like, bro, everything takes batteries now. That's like saying, but the gun needs bullets. Swords don't. Like, you have a point, but it's not a good one. It, it's no longer a good point. And because of electronic, that was one of the things that I asked about um, with the optic system specifically. Now, I don't know about the laser rangefinder because that one's in like super prototype. The two, the two that were close to ready to go are the magazine interface, the active and passive magazine interface, which count your shots for you. Kind of cool. Um, and if you're going, well, that's not super useful on an individual level. Uh, yeah, but it's super useful on a small unit level, which is what this system is eventually going to be talking to. So if you're a squad leader and you've got 12 dudes, um, you know, with various amounts of kit on them, and you have that smart system set up, you don't have to sit there and be like, hey, how much ammo do you have? How much ammo do you have? Right. Where are you at? How are you? Are you good? Um, logistically, that's on a drop down menu for you. That's what this is. And you can check real quick uh, and you can be like, oh, well, I don't, you know, maybe I don't know. Um, you can kind of guess or you can have a readout that actually just tells you, hey, I started this with 210 shots. I'm down to 144. Yeah, I could use a couple of magazines or my my broski over here is down to half a magazine. Let's make sure our spare ammo gets bumped to him. Right. That will all be on display and and be able to push that way. That's the future aspect of this. Uh, the current aspect of this is it's cool because you have an active round count and you will have a active round count with the smart magazines and you will have a passive round count with the dumb magazines, I guess, which are basically a PMAG and it sounds like a um, just a, a follower that sits so far away from a sensor mm -hmm. um, next to the system which uh, operates out of the pistol grip. On, on the ARs. And so you'll either you'll either be able to know how much is in your rifle or how much total ammunition is on your body, but depending on which system you run and what they're able to do uh, comms wise with the active and passive systems. Because the active system runs on batteries. The magazines have coin batteries in the bottom with a replace uh, replaceable floor plate, but the passive system sounds like it's just going to be a follower. And so they'll, it'll be very cheap and um, very, uh, 
very low maintenance to have that passive magazine system. But going to the battery question on the site, on the site mount, which does your atmospherics and corrects your point of aim, that one is looking like it's going to have about a five or 600 hour battery life on a couple of 18650s. Wow. So two rechargeable cells drop in that thing, like every optic on the planet, and it will have roughly EOTech like, bat like battery life. So currently the holographic sites that run on a single CR123 cell are getting somewhere between 600 and 1,000, depending on their brightness, depending on what you guys are doing with them. They put it like this. If you use it 10 hours a week, it'll last a year. And it's like, okay, compress that. That's 520 hours. So you can get about a month of good use off this thing without having to swap batteries. So thinking it from it... Uh, from an operational standpoint. And it's got the normal power saving methods of like, if you leave it still, it'll shut off. It, if you, uh, it's got the shake awake technology, which I was originally really sketch on shake awake in a lot of the sites that started doing it. I'm like, there's no way this is gonna work well. Every site I've had that has had shake awake has worked just fine. I've never had a failure in that. So looking at it from that standpoint, the battery life on that system is really good. I don't know how much that's going to get uh, cut into or altered when the laser rangefinder uh, gets added to the system because the next part of the system that they're uh, planning to launch is the little laser range module that does the same thing. It essentially does the same thing as the new Vortex site that won the NGSW fire control mm -hmm. system, except it's, it's based around any LPVO. It's not one integrated optic. Uh, but that one will beam out laser range. And instead of you having to manual, manually dial your range setting into your optic now, it'll just correct the point of aim for you just by going boop. And then it's like, all right, that's 300, you know, what you're aiming at is 343 yards away. Here's your point of aim. Nice. It's really cool. Um, and it does look like it's in the correct scope height of 1.93. Yeah, uh, as they, as as is intended. Yeah, um, they, they they've raised it up a little bit because they know the, they know that guys using this are either you know going to be standing a lot more when they're using it, or in offhand shooting positions when they use it. So we're continuing the trend away from the thirty nine millimeter CCO mm -hmm. height, which was you know jam your face down, good old rifle style, get behind the iron sight. So <laughs> I've switched entirely to 193 and the other day I put an EOTech on something and I went to aim and I was like looking over the top of the EOTech. I'm like, huh, oh, 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 it's awful. Like I have to touch my face entirely to start. Oh, gross. <laughs> I, I'm still very, I have a lot of optics that still use the 39 millimeter height, the, the, 1.6 1.57 depends on who yeah. you talk to like everybody gets really wrapped around it and then you realize that guys we're talking about a quarter of an inch between the lowest one and the highest one it's not that much but when you get used to one over the other it's notable when you switch back to one um because i have an aim point and magnifier that are set up at 193 on one of my sbrs and i like it it's very very fast um, a lot of the other optics I'm still using at the one, one, six, one, seven, that 39 millimeter height, uh, just cause that's what I've got. 
I forget which company it is, but somebody came out with backup sites at 193. Yes. I was like, yes. Mm. Yep. <laughs> Scalar did it. Scalar, oh, Scalar, Scalar did, did that. Okay. Yep. Scalarworks did that. They're like, all right, 193 boys who were sad that you couldn't co witness irons anymore. We've got you. Gotcha, fam. We got you, fam. And and considering their fixed sites were really, really cool. Um, like I'm I have a lot of faith in Phil and his team's ability to uh, make those sites really cool too. So if you want, if you want flip up irons, by all means. <laughs> like they're really hard to use if you run an LPVO, but still. I mean, you know. <laughs> Like um, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash them. Most of my guns still run them. Like I'm not gonna right, right. but like I zero them and then I put them away. <laughs> <laughs> They're there in case really bad things happen. And I have to rip away my primary optic and be like, whoop, whoop, it doesn't work no more. Sell it for money. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will barter this away and go back to the old style. <laughs> because back in my day, back in my iron. day. I, I just I saw so much of that. I'm like the batteries, think of the batteries. Like, bro, they bro. they've already got a bunch of batteries for all the radios and night vision devices and flashlights. That, that was one of the things that just blew my mind. Like, even in a more, even in a we'll call it an austere logistical environment where batteries were kind of harder to get. Like these things would still endure and you'd be able to get another pack. And if, but like, if it he, dies, it's still a scope mount for a scope. Yeah. Like it, like, it, it doesn't all, stop all, holding the like escalator. It's like, an, it's like the escalator joke. <laughs> I'm sorry. Escalator temporarily stares. We're sorry right. for the convenience. It still works. <laughs> it's not as nice, not as many features, but it's still there. It's still there. It still works. And that and that was the whole setup behind the LPVO that the army wanted, yeah. the uh, NGSW fire control. They're like, we want all the cool things, but if the cool things stop working, it still got to do some of it. And they're like, yeah, fam, we got you. And so that's what the uh, that's what the Maztec fire control unit does. Is it's a scope mount with an LPVO inside it. That LPVO is still whatever LPVO you already had. <laughs> Speaking of uh, NSGW or whatever acronym we're going with that, SIG releasing their variant of it, just like if, if you want to buy it, you can buy it. There you go. It wasn't it like eight thousand dollars or something. Oh yeah, and it's a two stamper. Like it comes with the can, and it's a thirteen inch SBR. <laughs> I mean, once I once I'm spending eight thousand dollars, what's four hundred? Right. <laughs> <laughs> because. Um, I, I actually talked to Sig when they dropped that. I'm like, hey, this is really cool. Are there going to be, do you think there'll be any around? And they were just like, no, no, there will not be any around. And I'm like, really? You sold $8,000 two stampers all out already? And they're like, yes, <laughs> they're all gone. Bravo. Bra I was like, Whoever well bought done, those guys. Well bravo. done. Now, there will be a second run of these when the caliber conversions are ready and when the um, and when they have them in regular pistol, regular rifle formats as well. It, and it sounds like they're going to keep the two stamper format as an option. So like if you want the NGSW gun, that will still be available. Um, but this first run was literally all their 
all their overrun parts, everything that didn't get assembled into a final rifle and sent off for the NGSW contract uh, to run, and with the required number of maintenance backups and with the required uh, number of supporting parts and everything that was part of that submission, they had a bunch extra and said, you know what, fam, send it. <laughs> we're going to make some straight up NGSW guns. Uh, the, only, the only difference I, is semi-automatic receiver. That's the it. La the last 10 plus years of six hour, just being a, just being a company to be like, mm, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what, fam, full send. You know who we have to thank for pistol braces? Sig. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they did it first. Yep. I mean, it was somebody else's like, design, but they did yeah, it. Yeah, but they, they brought they it. Fund, like they funded it. They were they were the they were the company that looked at that, looked at the ATF compliance officer, and were like, "Yolo." <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Well, glad you made it back from Shot Show. Glad you had a good time. Glad that Caleb was the one that got the crud, not me. I'm very right? happy yeah, about that. 100%. I'm not happy that like he's feeling bad and that like. Like his whole like the house got it. That's how the, these things go. I'm not happy about that, but I am happy I didn't get it because I had this the spicy variant back last summer, and I'd like not to repeat that. Nice. But other than that, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode, and we will see you next week, hopefully with a Caleb. <laughs> Later. Later.